Welcome, everybody, once again to another exciting episode of the John G. Wells podcast. I'm John G. of JohnGSpeed.com, as always, and my co-host, the man who puts the orals into the John G. Orals podcast, Tommy Ells. Hi, John. How you doing? Hi, Tommy. Such a bully. You know? how, how is that bullying? You're such a bully, you know. Did, did you object to my wording? No, but you know what you did. I, I, hey, I can't help it if there are technical difficulties that cause part of it to be lower volume than others. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what is that, a salmon colored shirt there? Yeah, it's got coral, maybe. Salmon. It's bright. It's a cloudy, dreary day. I was just trying to brighten up your life a little. (laughs) All right. It is a dreary day outside. I still Uh, am. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, how far did you run? Today I only ran three and a half miles, but I'm up to eighty miles this month. Well, I took my bike out for the first time this year, and I got to tell you, it really felt great. I went out on Easter Sunday. Um, uh, for those who don't know, here in Illinois, there's a thing called the Illinois Prairie Path, and what it is is it's actually an old railroad uh, line that uh, they eventually. Discontinue, you know, discontinued it, off, whatever, and then uh, pulled up all the, the the tracks, and that just left like this gravel path that stretches for thirty miles in two different directions and forty miles in a third. It, it goes off into three main branches. Well, I live right across the street from the train, so um, so I ride on that thing all the time, and it's fantastic. I've been riding on it since I was a little kid. When I was younger, I lived in a different town that was like two blocks away from the prairie path. So, I mean, that's just like, it's like a highway for riding your bike. It's, you know. Oh, you know I would you know, love that run. Yeah, it's like, you don't have to cross too many. There's there's not many busy streets. And, uh, you know, depending on which which one you take, like there's a branch that goes up to North, or it goes up to South Elgin. And that's like a 22 mile hike up there. But the more you're going up that way, the less streets there are that you're crossing, you know. And uh, the other one goes down to Aurora. It, 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 it intersects in Wheaton. Aurora, and it goes down to Aurora. That's like a 20-mile ride down there. So you do that and come back. You're looking at like almost a 40-mile uh, round trip. Or maybe it's more like 30, actually. But um, And then the other one goes out east into the city, out to First Avenue. So, okay. Um, so, how long is a good bike ride for you? Like, when when do you like? I'm, when do you I'm, start to feel it? I'm usually happy with a 20 mile ride. Um, so, I'm in Glen Ellen, and I, when I was younger, I grew up in Elmhurst. So, what I my favorite ride, my go to ride, is that I, I I take the Prairie Path and I head out to Elmhurst. And I lived in two different houses out there. So I get off the path at one point and then I ride past one of my houses. The other one's not too far away from that one. And then I ride past that one and then I loop back around and I get back on the path and I take that con back home. That's like 20 miles. Do you not get bored though? I mean, on the same path all the time? Well, I mean, no, I, 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 I like that one, but I mean, at the same time, I do have options. I mean, like I will ride the other, the other paths. It's just, that's, that's my, 
that's my go-to. I I'm I like I like that one. You know, I like going through those towns. I like you know just the ride itself. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's the thing is the thing is is like you know the 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 Elgin Run is a uh, um it's it's a little more boring. You know, it's like for me it's it's a good it's good if I'm trying to push myself for a workout like because it's it's like almost uphill the entire way going up that way. And then your legs are so dead that when you're coming back, the little bit of decline doesn't mean anything, and you're still just barely getting through the thing. So, or I am at least. Um, but uh, so you know, it, it's it's I'm, I'm I'm not always in the mood. And plus, that takes me like to do 20 miles takes me about two hours to do it too. So, you know, it's like if I go out on you know something longer, I mean, I'm looking at three and a half, four hours, depending on you know how far I go. It's, the ride back is always much slower than the ride out there. <laughs> See, but you got it. You got it easier because on, on a bike you can bring your water. When I run, thanks to the pandemic, they shut off all the, the park water fountains, so I can't. I can't bring water. Yeah, you wouldn't want so, to work out of that anyway. No, I I agree. That's like that's one of my issues with running is is that like I wouldn't like if I could drink water and have all that stuff. But I I'm not going to wear like one of these vests, you know, with water bottles. No, I don't do that. The camelback thing, I don't know. I just, I, I don't like things being on me. You know, right. even, when, even when I ride my bike, I've got a little pouch that I put all my stuff in, and so there's nothing in my pockets or anything like that. I don't know. But yeah, I, you're I right. either, Yeah, I'll run like concentric circles, kind of like quadrants, yeah. and then have my car in the middle with iced water in there. So if I need it, I can always go back to that. Here's the thing, though. Even the biggest water bottle that you could bring on a bike, if you're going on a long enough ride, that thing will be gone by the first half of the ride. You know, true, true. So, that but don't ride, you have a little basket in front of your bike? No. And what if I did? What and the tassels? You have a little tassels? Yeah. Is that what you think? That's what you think. And a little horn? Why? What would be wrong with that? What would be so wrong no. with having that? I'm just asking. I'm trying to envision you on the bike. Yeah. Or trike. I would ride a trike. I, you know, like the big ones with the, with the big basket. I would have my grandfather. Be able to what about the I, one with like the, oh, it's got like the big front wheel and the little, the tiny little back wheel. The bicycle like that. I don't think I could, I think I'd fall over on that thing. I don't think There's I'd, a guy here that, that has a unicycle. I see him. I see him pedaling his unicycle. It freaks me out, man. There's a there's a there's a dude here in Glen. I haven't seen him in a while, but there was at one point a, a dude I would see on a unicycle out here, and I'd just be like, he's going through like downtown Glen Ellen through you know traffic and stuff, and I'd be like, there's no way. I would be like, you know, I couldn't relax at all. <laughs> yeah, it's hard I'd enough like, on like a, a Segway. Right, I'd, I'd be laugh. fearing for my life at all times. So it's like I I don't see the appeal, but you know, have you ever it's done just a I've never done a Segway. I would love to do a Segway, but I've never, I've never done it. Um, you know, I just, I've never been, it's never come up and I've never gone out of my way to go Segway somewhere. So. You gotta, you gotta do one at some point. Just, just for I would, trip. I would, I'd like to. We did a great one in uh, Washington, D.C. Now I had done one earlier in Wisconsin. I think I told you about that a lot of time ago. Um, but the one in uh, Washington, D.C. was a couple years ago when my, my friends and I went on a baseball trip. That was the coolest one. We, it was just like all over the, uh, the capital area. So there were a lot of really like long straightaways. 
mm-hmm. it wasn't much of um, there wasn't much of like crossing streets and stuff. So it was it was really enjoyable. It wasn't a lot of stop and go. Yeah. No. Although the guy That's... in front of me, the, at the one the one uh, part where we did have to cross the street, he completely wiped out. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, and he screwed himself up bad. Like his arm was all bloody and. Yeah. You know, the last few days I've seen this kid around town here and he's standing on a, he's standing on a thing. It's got, you know, like, it's got like two things just to stand on. And in the middle is a wheel, but it's motorized. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's motorized. And I don't know how he's steering the thing. He's always on his phone. I don't know if he's doing it with his phone or if he's just being an idiot looking at his phone while he's riding this thing. But yeah, it's just, and he's riding this around, and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, and then there's, everybody seems to have motors on their bicycles and stuff now, too, and I'm just like, none of What's this existed, yeah, well, yeah, first of all, like, none of this existed when I was a kid, you know, and now yeah. it's like, it's like no big deal, people are just riding all these automated, you know, things and stuff, and they have their own motorcycles, and they're and stuff, but, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, that's a, that's going to be the decline of our civilization is when you start putting, you know, that, that's like, why don't you just like watch a robot run on the treadmill for you? You know, I mean, it's like, why are you there? You know, it's the, you know, it, 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 get a motorcycle, you know, if that's what you're going to do. But it's like, yeah, kids don't even have to ride their bike. Like, you know, I think that thing that you're talking about, I think they actually steer it with their feet. I would think so. Yeah, I would think. I mean, I think this guy's just being a moron and he's driving, riding the thing around, looking at his phone all the time. So every time I see him, he's doing this thing and he's looking at his phone. But still, I just, I like, I, where do you even get something like that? Like, I've never seen this before, and I, he's the only one I've ever seen on this thing. But you know, I think Louis's kid, my my buddy Louis, I think his kid has one. Really? But I'm not sure because you know, again, pandemic. I haven't seen, uh, the, you know, I haven't seen anybody in a year. So well, uh, maybe you should do you just should do some of your investigative reporting and find out. I will. I will because I'm I'm going to actually be help. I will because I'm going to actually uh, I'm helping train Louie because uh, he's going to be in a basketball tournament. So he asked me to uh, help train him running. Oh, and running. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, not basketball, please. Yeah. The, guy, <laughs> the guy was one of the best bas- high school basketball players in the state. He oh, certainly doesn't, doesn't need me to help him with that. Yeah, no, you do know you're running. I'll give you that. So, um, so I went, uh, I went, and you know, I've been talking about having to get some cat-proof uh, screens up in my place. Um, and so I went out, I bought the screen, and the, and the maintenance guy in my building was going to do it for me, but he is—he's like renovating like three different units right oh, now, boy. and he's got to get it done like in the next week or something like that. Problem is, is the weather's getting nicer and I can't open my windows. So right. finally, I was just like, I, I, you know, I was like, I'll just let that guy off the hook and I'll find a place that can do it for me. So I went online. I asked. It unanimously came back, like in droves. Every like twenty people answered, but they all, every last one of them said, "Go to Ace Hardware." So oh yeah. That's, so that's what I did. So I took the screens, I took the frames, and I brought them to Ace Hardware yesterday. First of all, they acted like they didn't know, understand what it was I wanted. Like, I said, I, I, I said, I need these screens put into these frames. And they're like, well, people don't usually bring us the screens. True. I'm like, I'm like well, I, I understand. I understand. But I've got the screens. 
So I won't need to buy screens. I just, I need to, I'll pay you to put them into the thing. This, for some reason, seemed to be very confusing. For them. It, it does like, upset their apple cart. Right. It, like they don't, they, they didn't really understand. And the guy who I guess does it wasn't there. So whoever I was talking to really, they really seemed lost in this whole thing. So then I was like, and then, you know, they, they basically wrote down like exactly what my request here was and everything to give to this guy and everything. And so I leave the stuff there and uh, I asked him, I said, just, you know, ballpark off the top of your head, any idea like the, what the turnaround on this is. And uh, one kid turned around and he knew right away and he goes, it's two to three weeks. Wow, really? Two to three weeks. Can you believe that? Now, these well, frames. I thought, I thought you were going to say like a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, or maybe a couple of days tops, you know, I mean, what, but whatever. But no, two to three weeks. I gave him two frames. I didn't even bring up all my windows because I thought I'll just take, I've got four screens. I'll give them two. And then when I get those, I can put one in the living room so I can open one window and then I'll put the other in my bedroom and open that. And then I'll bring the other two in and have those done. So that way I'm not without all my screens, you know, and, and I'm glad I did now that it's going to be like almost a month before I'm going to get <laughs> yeah. things back, Jeez. you know, but I mean, like, I look, I, I don't know much about changing screens out, but I mean, it, it doesn't seem like that laborious of a, of a task. It's like, you, I would imagine you, you, you get the other screen out and then you put the it other screen tool. in. It's like a crimper type thing. And right, you you lay the, the screen down and you kind of go around because I had um I I told you, you the same same problem with my cat right 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 she kept she kept ramming her head into it which is you know not scratching right. it but so it would bow out and eventually you know I was afraid so I brought mine to my local Ace and they did it in like two days. Well, I'm hoping that maybe that like this is just like they're giving themselves a lot of buffer, you know, and then like, yeah, maybe in a couple of days they'll call and say, okay, we have your screens ready, you know. But when they said two to three weeks, I mean, and they, I mean, like I had nowhere else to take it or anything. So it wasn't like I could say, well, screw that. I'll go somewhere else or whatever. Right. I was like, okay, I'm like, I guess, you know. But then I also posted about that on online, and then someone else said, "Yeah, that's that's about right." We waited about two to three weeks to get ours wow. done at, at Ace too. So I, guess I don't I know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, and here's the other thing: this is a small Ace hardware with a very small parking lot. It's not a big establishment. And there was probably four or five people working there in the whole place. And I'm pretty sure I was the only customer in the whole place. <laughs> so what the hell is going on that they're so damn busy that it's going to take two to three weeks to do the, these two screens, these two screens for me? Well, you know, that's funny because uh, years ago, I, I had a piece of plexiglass that I needed cut to a certain size. And I brought it in and I said, you know, could you guys, or actually I bought it there. I bought a plexiglass there. And I said, but I need this cut down. Could you do it? And they said, yeah, but it's good. And it, it took like two weeks. And I, you're right here. The, the cutter is right there. Why, why can't you just, you know, yeah, cut get, a, get a ruler and yeah. <laughs> and that type of thing. Yeah. And I, and I did the same. I said, okay. You know, but that wasn't this ACE hardware. That was a different ACE hardware. So anyway. Well, I'll, we'll see. 
we'll see. But I was, I was still just like, holy cow. I'm like, I really hope it doesn't take two or three weeks. But, yeah, you know, I find so it the thing, but the thing is, is if I, if I waited for my maintenance guy to do it, it would have taken two to three weeks because that right. poor guy, that poor guy is being run ragged right now. And I don't want to, uh, you know, he's doing me a favor by doing this. I'm not going to climb up his ass about it. <laughs> so, um, uh, let's see what else, what else, uh, you, uh, I'm sure you probably didn't see uh, uh, Godzilla versus Kong by any chance. I did not. Oh. I, I, you don't seem like you'd be too interested in, in that. No, I'm not really. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't... Uh, I had watched the other Godzillas, the, like the recent ones that led up to this one. Uh, I had not seen the Kong movie, which uh, I would kind of like to see now that I've seen this movie. Uh, but they all tie in together, and, and ultimately, it's it's like they quietly were building up to this. It's like you didn't really kind of realize it, but now that it's like this thing comes out, you realize all these movies are kind of building up to this, this whole thing, which was kind of cool. But my my buddy, it uh, my overall opinion of it was that it was a fun movie to watch. You know, you gotta you gotta really just suspend disbelief because there's just a lot of really ridiculous and fantastic things going on that just like you know like there's no way. Like, like, I don't know. There's too many things I was questioning. And then I was just like, you know what? I got to stop asking questions. You, know, you mean like questioning, like, how did that happen? Or just backstory? Well, like, okay. So, you know, for example, and this isn't giving anything away. There's, there's a point where they decide that they need to take Kong off of his island to bring him to this other place because they need him for something. So they say, like, all right, this is what we're going to have to do. And they're like, okay, the next shot. It's them on a boat, and Kong is laying on the top of the boat, chained down. Well, how the hell did they do that? What, that's, I mean, poor, that's poor editing. They just you know they, they filled it. I mean, it's like they they just jumped right to it, and I'm like, well, how did you get him on the boat? I got to imagine it was a pain in the ass. You had an entire other movie about all the hell that he was wreaking before. So how did you? so quickly tame the beast and just throw his ass on a boat and go for a ride you know i mean they said he was tranquilized but i mean like if that's all it took i bet the last movie was a short one you know <laughs> so, but i mean at the same time it's like it's like everything in between the fights between kong and godzilla it's just like like the, there's no character development. There's no, like, you know, you can barely, it, it, but this is how it was with all of the movies way back into the, the 60s and stuff. I mean, it's like nobody knows who any of the characters in any of the Godzilla <laughs> or Kong movies are. You know, they know the monsters, but they don't know who any of the doctors and scientists yeah. and all that stuff. Nobody knows what their names are and shit like that. So, and this is very much the same thing with this movie. It's just like, well, they just are doing what they have to to get them into the next fight. And stuff. So, now, uh, would it have been better if it was Godzilla versus Awesome Kong? Well, first of all, it's a thought provoking question. It's a bad joke, first of all. But Why? Second of, but second of all, second though, it would be cooler. So, oh, so see? It would be cooler, but it's a dumb joke. So sorry. <laughs> wow. Wow. We gotta like I'm gonna start like keeping a, a book of Janji's one-liners and just make you read it at some point. So you 
Oh, don't make me do that. No, because they but sound it, better in my head. Yeah. So if I have to, if I have to relive them, that no, well, we're gonna we're gonna have it. You have to look at it on paper and know <sighs> that you said that. So, hey, I um, got yeah, I've got eight hundred or thousand interviews on on YouTube that I have to relive, and some of them make me really cringe. So yeah, 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 I've got I've got some too. Um, so this is a big wrestling week here. This is WrestleMania week. It is. We, uh, we uh, as of right now, it's Thursday, so we've already had uh, Monday Night Raw, the, the last Raw before Mania. Uh, we've had uh, the Hall of Fame was on Tuesday night. Last night was the first uh, NXT Takeover. Tonight is night two of Takeover. Then there's SmackDown Friday, and then WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. Uh, real quick, did you catch any of the Hall of Fame? I did not. Um, I'm hoping that I could get a re-airing at some point, somewhere. I wanted yeah. to. I just I was too busy, unfortunately. Did you? I assume you did. I I've seen the first. I've seen the first half of it, um, which is funny because I'm really more interested in the people in the second half. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, uh, you know, it felt it just feels weird because, you know, they've got the, the Thunderdome audience there. And I just feel I feel bad for these guys and girls who are having their Hall of Fame moment in literally an empty place, even if everybody's on screens and stuff. And a lot of and nobody's getting like inducted by people. You know what I mean? Really? No, they just they show a package and then they let the person come out and accept their award. Oh, wow. I would have thought um, they'd do something with that. Yeah, no, I mean, there's they they didn't have anyone really like you know, and and it's just like, I I don't know, I I felt bad about that. I I I think it's part of the honor of being inducted is who you're inducted by, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so they could have done something with that, despite the pandemic. There's no the reason they couldn't. There's no reason they couldn't. They didn't. They they couldn't have done it. Absolutely, they could have absolutely done it. So I don't know. I don't know if they were trying to save time because they were running two Hall of Fames, you know, back to back to in 2020 and 2021. Who knows? But I just feel like, you know, even if it was like they could have done, I mean, shit, they did everything else over two nights. Why couldn't they have done like the 2020 and then do 2021 the next night or why not space it out during the week or I don't know. But um, so that was, that was a little disappointing. And then, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's hard to really evoke emotion, you know, and have that emotional moment, you know, when you're just, you're on TV, sure, but, you know, I mean, you may as well be in a room by yourself, you know. Yeah, so that falls flat. It's, uh, you know, um, I will say it was nice to see, uh, uh, so Davy Boy Smith went in, and right. um, obviously he's, he's no longer with us, so Harry Smith and his sisters, came out and accepted for him. And uh, so I was glad to see that. I mean, like that was the closest thing to you got to see uh, somebody like inducting somebody else, you know, and taking it, you know, right for him. Um, and it's funny, the first thing I thought of is, cause he's a big dude, Harry. Oh yeah. yeah. You, you, you've met him. And um, I had, driv I had drove, driven him to one of our shows, but I got him like early in the morning. And so I ended up taking him back to my place. And then I had to go pick up Angelina Love at the airport. And oh, tough so, job. Yeah. 
So he stayed at my place to take a nap. So, but I remember like I, when I came back, I had to come back and wake him up. I mean, he was so big. He took up like the entire, I have a queen size bed. I mean, and he was like hanging off the, the edges of the thing. I mean, he's just, he's a monster. Um, that was just like the first thing that came to my head when he came walking out. I was like, oh God, that dude was in my bed. <laughs> no, why hasn't he gotten more success? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly think he likes, he's been in Japan for the most part. Okay. And I think he likes being over there. I think okay. he likes, I think he just likes living in Japan. He's a big star. He's doing well. You know, I mean, he he does have success. It's just not. Right, right. No, you know? yeah, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, my impression is, it's just like everything I ever see on social media with him. He just seems like he loves where he is. So I, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't mind a run in the WWE, but I mean, I don't know. I think he's just happy where he's at. So, but, uh, but I mean, you know, he looked last night, he looked good when I was watching him. So, um, and then there were a couple of people who accepted via webcam, which sucked too. So uh, Jushin Thunder Liger did. Um, now, granted, I think he's in Japan. So I understand, you know, especially with the pandemic and everything. So um, William Shatner, uh, he phoned it in uh, big time, big time. Well, Bill, Bill came on and just basically said, thanks a lot. It's a big honor to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Peace out. I mean, it was That's like weird. It was like 30 seconds, yeah. Like, he just didn't seem like he cared at all, you know? Uh, did Gary Hart, did, um, I know he's, he's no longer with us either. Um, did he, did anybody accept? Like, how did they, I know he was in the, uh, I don't know what he, what they call it. The, the, leg the, leg leg the legacy. legacy. Yeah. 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 No, no, they, the legacy guys, they just showed a montage of all the legacy okay. dudes. Like, they didn't, like, do individual, you know, things for him. They, they did like a montage and they talked like, you know, 15, 20 seconds about each guy, you know, so-and-so, you know, came up in this organization and was famous for his rivalry with such and such and his killer finisher called whatever and you know, live in the hearts of the WWE universe forever. And, you know, so it was just kind of like that. But um, so I still want to see the second half because I still haven't gotten a lot from boy RVD going in. Yeah, and uh, I I need to see that, but um, uh, yeah. Uh, my other my other question uh, about that is, uh, what do you think about this uh, two day WrestleMania approach? It, okay, first of all, it's it's too much. That's yeah. it's just, it's just you know, and I like watching wrestling. We, we all like watching wrestling, right. but that's a lot, you know. And I know they've got a lot of of talent. And they're trying to put them all on, but you know, who's going to watch six hours of it? Three, three on each day, I think, or and then the pre-show and all that. But well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing, though. Before we went to the two days, they were they were coming up on like five and a half hour. Five, that was too much. Five and a half hour, you know, shows. Would you rather? But, but if you had to choose, would you rather do it all in one day, or would you rather do it over two days? If you, have I'd to probably go, rather do it all in one day. See, and I would too. And part of the reason is, is that, I mean, cause like it can be, if they, they, if they, if they want to do it that long, I would just start it earlier in the day. That's, that's the thing. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, because if you think about it, like people will spend the entire day for Super Bowl Sunday 
you know, right. watching the pre-show and all the other stuff. And then, you know, in the game, you know, the game may only be three hours or whatever, but I mean, like, you know, they, they have set aside, it's a, it's an event. And that's what I think WrestleMania is like, you know, people have WrestleMania parties. Well, how do exactly. you do it? How do you do it if you've got it over two nights, you know? Right. And, you know, it's like, I have a buddy who he wants to host WrestleMania, but I mean, he doesn't want to have people over two nights in a row and I don't blame yeah. him, you know? But people have lives. You know, so it's just like, eh, you know, it, it takes away from it being like a special day. It's like if Christmas was two days, it's like, right. you're absolutely right. Which which day are we supposed to really be excited about? You know, well, it depends on what presents you get that day. You know, I mean, it depends on who's on the card. You know, I, I just I'm not into it. And then for them to take and do a takeover, a two night takeover the same week. I mean, like. By the time you get to WrestleMania, people are burned out. I mean, like, I don't, I mean, I, I know there's some people out there who will gladly watch the entire week and, and be a completionist about it because I once was one of those people. And now <laughs> I, I now just don't have that in me anymore. But, um, but man, I mean, it's like you don't want to burn out your people, you know, before your biggest show of the year. It should be quiet, it should be suspenseful, you know. Yeah. Put on a good raw, put on a big SmackDown, and then let Saturday simmer and get give people time to real like give them something to think about for that next forty eight hours. Like end right. Smack end SmackDown was something huge that could like throw everything you know into chaos or whatever. Let people worry about that, and then Sunday, bang WrestleMania, and now people are hyped up for it. But I mean, if it's just like wrestling 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 you know you know a hundred different people you know you can't get invested in anybody because there's so many damn people you got the entire roster of nxt spread over two nights you know you got raw and smackdown guys you know and then you've got the hall of fame and then by the time you get to, to wrestlemania it's like you're just not you know i don't know I, I, it's too I, much I, it's overkill you right, get to desensitized absolutely but, and a question about the the, the wrestlemania card because I wrote about it for Global Women's Sports Radio, cheap plug. Um, and I, I obviously I was concentrating on the women's matches. And I have no problem with it. The, there's two title matches. And then there's a, on Sunday, there's um, a tag title match. My problem is on Saturday, they've got a tag team turmoil match for the women. And then that winner, the winner of that will go on and face the tag team on Sunday. I just thought it was odd that out of all the people, a woman's tag team is going to wrestle two straight nights on WrestleMania. Yeah. And it's not the champs. Right. Well, it's kind of weird. And the problem with that is it's like you almost know they're going to go over for the titles then, too, because, I mean, like, who's going to wrestle the first night, win, and then get to the second night and lose? Well, I actually predicted they lose the second night. I mean, I it, 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 it's not impossible. I mean, yeah, I mean, it could it could happen, and then they could just build a storyline off of that. Um, it just seems like, it, it, to me, it seems like it's weak for a WrestleMania storyline. You know, like, that could have been, like, a good pay-per-view type of thing. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't know. Well, we'll see. I don't know. There's not a lot of matches on the card that I'm really, like, you know, dying to see. I mean, I'm curious about the Fiend and Orton because I think Alexa Bliss has just done an outstanding job, and I think that 
there's going to be some something big that's going to be involved with her. She's either going to go like really dark, really twisted. I don't see her turning. So yeah. I think it's just going to be a major character development. I'm interested. I mean, they've done a real big, big uh, build up for this one, you know, and uh, I like that they brought the fiend back even darker and, you know, scarier and stuff. I hope that they make his outfit even crazier for WrestleMania. I hope he has just like an incredible entrance and everything. I mean, like I, I, I mean, they have every opportunity to make, you know, some serious WrestleMania magic off of that match. So uh, that is one I am, I am definitely excited for. Um, yeah. Cause he was in danger of going, going the doink route where I loved the doink character in the beginning, the sinister yeah. clown. And then yeah. they made it into a joke. And I think the fiend was on that path, but now I, I like the, the uh, revitalized. Right. And um, I'm interested to see what happens with Lashley. Uh, you know, it's Lashley McIntyre. Uh, there is uh, there is rumors, though, that uh, uh, McIntyre put out a thing that, uh, 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 that if any superstar takes out uh, Drew McIntyre, did I say that right? Lashley put out a thing saying that if Drew McIntyre gets taken out, they can have his spot at WrestleMania. And oh. Yeah, so the rumor is is that like Lesnar is going to come out of nowhere right. and then take him out, and then it's going to be Lesnar and Lashley, you know. Boy, that would suck for McIntyre, though. It would suck for McIntyre. And here's here's the thing: is Lesnar and Lashley is something so many people want to see. It deserves a build up, and not yeah. Just and not just right. the last second jumping. So we'll we'll see, right? I mean, this is all just rumor and speculation yeah, yeah. right now. You know, I mean, who the hell knows? But um, it's interesting, though. I mean, it's an interesting theory. I mean, it, it would be exciting, but it would be a small payoff compared to what you could get if you did some sort of longer uh, storyline run with it. Right. So, um, well, I would say, uh, speaking of wrestling... Well, uh, I got one quick question for you before yeah. we get into that. Yeah. Uh, in terms, I just want your opinion on Comic Cons. The thing now I'm I'm reading about for con, what Comic Cons are doing, and you've okay. been to enough. You know how they yep. work. Mm -hmm. You could take selfies at the or you know pictures at the table with both wearing masks, with you wearing a mask and the celebrity wearing a mask, or you can opt for the photo op. Obviously, you pay a little bit more for that, but there's a very thin plexiglass between the two of you, so you're standing side by side with plexiglass between you which would you rather do the plexiglass really yeah okay why because i don't want a picture of someone who you know, can't see who the hell it is okay because there's no mask if you're a plexiglass right correct yeah then i would want that one okay i was just curious because the opinions are like 50 50 I, I, why, I don't know. I mean, if you, they have a mask on and you're like, hey, look, you know, look who it is. And they'll be like, who's that? You know? And I'll be like, that's, that's Charlie Sheen. You know, it's like, well. <laughs> that's true. But, you know, you know, standing side by side, you know, you can almost Photoshop that too. And then that becomes like, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're that big of a douchebag that people think that you would Photoshop yourself next to somebody, <laughs> you know. And you probably have bigger problems. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so anyway, we we're you were segueing if, into if, wrestling. If, yeah, if they if they think that you know they're like 
He's got a picture of him and Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. No, really, he's standing right next to each other. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, whatever. So yeah. Anyway, uh, going from uh, one uh, wrestling topic to the other, we have discussed uh, many times on the show our friend uh, Cameron Rayfill, um, uh, who is an aspiring uh, uh, female wrestler, and she's in her first month. Little more than a month of uh, training, and uh, we've been uh, wanting to get her on the show, and uh, Holy. and we've got her. I so, can't wait. Um, so I uh, just a real, real quick though, just so people can maybe get a, uh, a little insight into what I deal with when trying to put a show together with John Robleski. Oh, who's uh, the bully now? I, uh, you know, I, I texted him on, uh, on Wednesday and I said, hey, I got Cam booked for the show Thursday. His response was, about time you pulled your weight. It's true, though. And then I told him that I would like him to, uh, I said, I want you to carry the interview. I know too much background and probably wouldn't think to ask some obvious questions. He says, no worry, I'm used to carrying you to fame. Yeah, I was calming your nerves. You should thank me for that. So, pretty I mean, like, this is this is what I get. You know, I mean, it just yes, he seems. To should I read some of your texts? You know. So anyway, we've got a guest today, and I guess not. Bring her, let's bring her on right now, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Our interview with Miss Cameron Rayfell. Welcome. We are here with uh, Miss Cameron Rayfell. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good, very good. John, would, sorry you like to to say, would you would you like to say hello? You know, be a, a nice you know host here. You know, you just I was I was just going to it. You cut me off. Yeah, it's very nice to have you on on the podcast. You are our first guest. Thank yeah. you so much. It's nice. <laughs> um, Tommy actually did something for once. You see what a bully he is. See what he does. <laughs> I take this all the time. I don't know why I do a show with him. Um, so you have no idea about this, but I think since episode one, you have been a recurring topic. Oh, okay. <laughs> and actually, have, even before that, you've been a re recurring topic of our uh, conversations. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, in the last two years that, you know, you and I have worked together and everything, you know, I've, I've you know, I talk about you and everything. So, you know, uh, on the show, we've been kind of like, you know, kind of telling your story a little bit and, and giving updates on how things are going and stuff. And so we, of course, are saying we got to get her on the show and and let everybody meet who we're talking about and, and catch up with you and see, you know, how things are how things are going for you and everything. Uh, let's get a little background on you, though, first, before we, we talk about what you're doing now. Um, like when did you when did you get interested in wrestling and when did you decide you wanted to be a wrestler? Yeah, go. so um like when I was younger, my brother, he's um my younger brother, he actually would like watch wrestling on Netflix and he always had it on TV and I'm like, I don't want to watch this, but um he always had it on and I kind of just got hooked into that because I had no choice to change that. <laughs> um, so it's been from like I wanna say probably 
10 years old I started watching it and then I seriously started getting into it around like 11 or 12 um and at that point like I knew I wanted to be a professional wrestler um I don't know what made me want to get to that point um but at that point like I kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do um I did jujitsu for about two and a half years like or I'm sorry a year and a half to two years it was kind of on and off um that was like the closest I could get to like wrestling and everything like that. And um, that was, I think from, I wanna say seventh to eighth grade. And then I eventually quit because I ended up just not liking wrestling anymore um, with WWE being like, it was not interesting to me at all. Whatever they were doing, I don't know what it was. I kind of just fell out of it and trying to watch five hours of wrestling a week, <laughs> not fun. But um, eventually I kind of just got back into it and um, I think it was a little bit, I don't know if it was when AEW started or a little bit beforehand, but um, I eventually was like, well, I want to actually start wrestling school and everything, but I am nowhere near in, nowhere near in shape for that. Um, so for um, trying to get into that, I started doing training with Tommy and my mom actually helped me with that because we're friends with Jacques and Haley Barron who run the resistance. And um, I've kind of known Tommy a little bit beforehand, but we never were really, you know, friends. I kind of was like, Hey, you know, whatever. I'm here before the show is half the time. So. Um, well, let's, let's talk about that real quick though for a second. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of kids who grow up and they see the WWE and they see what's on television and stuff, but you know, and maybe it's becoming more popular now, but generally speaking, a lot of kids don't grow up going to independent wrestling shows, but you did. So you got to see what like grassroots wrestling is and that this is where you start and this is how you get to go to places like the WWE and AEW, uh, which I think is a very important influence uh, to have had on you. Um, but talk about that a little bit. Like, what was it like going to indie shows and stuff? I mean, you were a regular at Resistance, um, and uh, a, uh, we have a, we even have a picture from when uh, you were when I was uh, Eric St. Vaughn and you and your brother. You know, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But talk about that a little bit because you didn't just go to Resistance; you did hit up other independent stuff too. But um, what was it like? What did you think of wrestling once you saw like up front and closely? Um, so for when I was at Resistance, I only went to a couple shows the first time, and then when I started really getting into it, they um, started letting me just come early. I've seen, like, the ring be put up, all the wrestlers coming in, um, like, the regulars, like, Pondo and everybody like that, um, but it kind of, it really did have an influence because it was just, like, I'm seeing how these people are, like, interacting and even just, you know, calling their matches in the ring and seeing how that's going to go and everything like that. And obviously, like, we all know that it's staged or, like, you know, thought out or whatever. But at that point, like, I had a thought. I was like, how do indie wrestlers, you know, sometimes they don't know who they're wrestling with. And so they have to figure out how these people wrestle and, like, how um, how they, like, put on their shows and everything. And so seeing that firsthand, I was like, it, like, 
kind of figured out, I was like, okay, well, they have time to at least try to call their match and everything like that. And they're not just going into it blind. Maybe that sometimes will happen. Some guys don't roll until three, four in the afternoon. The sale starts at seven or whatever. And they do they do exactly what you what you were saying. You know, they have to sit down and if they don't know the other guy's wrestling style at all, they got to get right into it and be like, you know, what are your moves? What is your gimmick? What do you do? And figure out how you can take your gimmick and your moves and tie them together some sort of entertaining match sometimes things just are good chemistry and it's like oh this would be really easy you know and then there's other ones where it's kind of like well i don't even know why these two would have a conflict you know <laughs> so okay. it's like we got to make it work somehow um but no i think that's great that you were able to see you know a little more of the you know the art that goes behind you know putting these shows on and it's not yeah. just run out there and just do a bunch of moves and move back Right. Uh, when you were, no, when you, no, go no, ahead, John. No, John. Please. No, I was just saying, you know, our good friend PL Myers, you, you, Cam, you probably saw him at some of the uh, resistance shows. You know, he always says, once you peek behind the curtain, you, you can't go back. So you, you've seen some of this, like the behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, as PL will always say, sometimes it turns people off, sometimes it turns people on to wrestling. So once you started seeing stuff behind the scenes, like people bringing the ring and people out of gimmick. Did, did that change your opinion of anything? Um, not necessarily. It kind of, um, I kind of knew that they weren't the same people, I guess, like out of their gimmick and everything like that. Like I knew that, you know, everybody isn't going to stay in that gimmick, you know, and like try to put it on in front of other people. Um, in fact, I think it actually like made me more interested because you're, you know, interacting with other people and you're, acting like a normal person essentially like you're being yourself and you're not just putting on um like a like a mask in front of these other people and just acting like you're like your wrestler essentially in front of these people mm -hmm. yeah and um i think that's actually one of the cool things though is is sometimes you see some people who are just you know like you know very mellow very reserved quiet and then they walk through the curtain and they're like, oh, you know, they're like screaming and they're jumping. And they're like Pondo. Right. And like, it's like, yeah, Pondo just kind of, you know, walks around and, you know, it's just, he's there and, you know, how you doing, Tommy, you know, and it's like, you know, and then, but yeah, then he comes out and he's got the whole place standing up and, and on their feet chanting and stuff. You know, I mean, it's just, I love seeing that transformation, you know, with certain people. And then there's certain people who, are really close to their gimmick, like should be. I mean, like or Tommy. I mean, like he turns it. He turns it on for sure when he goes out there. But I mean, if you're talking to him in real life, he's still a pretty upbeat, you know, fun, fun-loving dude. So you know. Well, you weren't far from your gimmick. I mean, you know. Eventually, I mean, like yeah. I mean, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was it wasn't really me, and it was which made it harder, but it kind of just like seeped out like at a certain point i just couldn't like keep it in anymore although i think that was when i get it early too so so is is there a particular type of wrestling you, you enjoy or camp that you enjoy more like you know you, you got the hardcore style you got the the scientific you got the high flyers is there anything any of those styles that really appeal to you i think what appeals to me the most is hardcore and i think that's mostly because I don't want to say that's what resistance is but they did do a lot of hardcore stuff and um 
I don't know. I've always just been interested in that. Just, I, I don't know what it is. And for example, one of my favorites is um, Oren Veit. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, yeah. He, uh, when I first saw him, I don't remember when that was, but I instantly just got hooked. He's one of my favorite indie wrestlers. And he kind of like brought out, I guess, hardcore wrestling to me and everything like that. So either that or high flying, I um, personally wouldn't probably be a high flyer, I'm like super tall, but um, I think something about that too, it's just the way that they, you know, like it's all like intricate and everything like that. Like those two styles, even though they're completely different, they have, you know, certain ways that they do stuff that makes it so much more interesting and so much more fun to watch. So do you uh, want to be- for, for oh. just for, for reference sake real quick, how tall are you? Uh, 5'11". So that's, you know, and John, you and I certainly met our fair share of, of women's wrestlers. 5'11 is pretty tall. Yeah, that's Melanie Cruz territory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I think that will predicate a lot of how her wrestling style, you know, like she's probably, I mean, not that she couldn't be a high flyer. I mean, you can still do it if you're called. There's still plenty of moves that you can, you can do. But I, I, I see her as more of a power wrestler but we'll see you never know you never know we'll see how things yeah, go. except in those you know in the indie halls you gotta if you, you know you gotta watch your head on the, the short this ceiling. is true there is a disadvantage of it there are some you'll, you'll be in a vfw with a low ceiling and you know you're gonna have to you know hunch over adjust um, your style yeah so so cam and i did get to work together for about two years and during that time we covered uh we did we didn't just work out we we talked about wrestling psychology we would break down matches we uh did a practice run of calling commentary uh we uh shoot a promo at one point um so we tried, you know, I, I, you know, and then we, we went and we visited the Freelance Wrestling Academy and uh, sat in on a session there run by our good buddy Bryce Benjamin. And, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to like turn her off to wrestling, but I was trying to make sure that that's what she wanted to do. Like, like you can be a part of wrestling, as you know, John, and, and, and do a million different things. You know, you can be a commentator, you can, you know, be a backstage person, you can be a manager, you know, and not actually have to be a wrestler, you know. Right. So I think a lot of people are like, well, I want to be, I want to get into wrestling and think that the only way that they can is to become a wrestler. So I was just trying to expose her to like all these different things and see where, you know, her feet landed. And every time it was wrestling. And I knew, especially after we went to the uh, first uh, training session we did with, uh, you know, just a watch over at Freelance. And she watched them do a, a training session and then she was like all the more excited for it. And then that made me all the more excited because I was like, all right, yeah, this this girl's a wrestler. So as you know, I've been very excited about her progress. I think she's done very well, which leads us to... You are what six weeks now into training? Yeah, just about. I think I started on March sixth or March ninth. One of those two dates is on a Saturday. That's all I know. <laughs> so, so that's how... no. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Now no, you you you've been uh, training with some of some of the people that you've actually seen in the ring. Ego Anthony, um, uh, Kylie Ray, Tommy, Bryce. Is it intimidating, or how is it like to 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 actually train with these people that you saw in the ring performing? 
Um, it's actually pretty crazy. It's almost like a full circle for me because um, in Resistance, Ego was there and I was a, like a big fan of him and everything like that. And one, one day I was training and um, I was training with Melissa and, or we were working on something like headlocks and everything like that. So we're out of the that's, ring. And that's Melissa Kate, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so Ego was like, you know, come in here and then we'll just switch off. I'm like, I'm going to put Ego in a headlock. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, but especially with uh, training with Kylie, I've only trained with her once because the first day I actually was going to wrestling school, I couldn't even participate because my parents weren't there to sign like a waiver because I'm still considered a minor. Um, I turn 18 like very soon. So that kind of sucked. I was like, man, my birthday's in like a month and I, you know, can't participate in the first day. But um, yeah, I think it's just crazy to see like how everybody trains differently. And again, it's full circle for me. Like I'm seeing, I used to watch these people wrestle and now I'm training like in the best like wrestling school there probably is in like United States or and especially in Chicago and Illinois. Yeah, and she's absolutely right. I mean, in the Midwest, for sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you're, I mean like, tell, I mean, tell me another one that's got better trainers than that place does. You know, absolutely. And and is a relatively nice place to train. It may not seem like it because you're like in a big garage, but that's actually not bad. <laughs> There's way, way worse places to end up training. So, <laughs> um, so let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about about the training. So. Walk us through a little bit, like, you know, what did you learn, like, your first week, your second week? Like, what are you, what are you learning, and, and how's it going? Oh, geez. Okay, so the first, um, the first day, it was with um, Kylie, like, the first initial day where we just had four new kids, including Eve, they came in. Um, they were just learning technically just, like, some roles. They were just learning how to run the ropes, and we were put in with, like, the, like, the beginners or, like, the um, advanced and, like, experienced people. So, it was kind of just like, oh, this is going to suck. Like, I'm with all these new people. Because for some, the way that they, the email came out, I was under the impression that, like, it was a whole new class. But that was not the case, which I'm fine with. But it was just like, wow, okay, I have to, like, you know, get caught up with these people. Um, but the second week, um, they did bumping, I believe. And that's when I hurt my elbow. So um, I hurt my elbow while bumping. And I just got the results yesterday. There's a partial tear, so can't wrestle. Oh, really? Oh, sorry. For a month? Yeah, he said to, you know, keep it rested for a month. Ah, I'm sorry. Ah. So it kind of sucks, but I, the last two times I was there, I sat out because I'm like, I don't want to make it worse. It's starting to like, you know, hurt more and whatever. Um, but, but, it's yeah. a, but the important thing is, though, is that you still went. Right. That's yeah. Cool. I mean, like, and I've told you a million times, but I mean, if you if you can't wrestle for the next month, that doesn't mean you miss a month of practice. You just go and you sit and you watch, and you will learn. You will right, still yeah. learn stuff. So, anyway, go ahead. No, no, so, it's, uh, so then, so like each trainer, because um, then Kylie and Ego they come like alternating Saturdays, and then Mondays and Wednesdays are um, Isaiah's, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays it's Bryce. So they kind of just build off what they were like learning before. So like spots and everything like that, they'll build off from that. And um, I think on Monday, yeah, on Monday, they were doing this one spot and 
they like ended up we were just talking about what our goals were and everything because Isaiah was telling us like you know no every time you're going to be in a ring or if you're going to end up going to a different school not all trainers are going to be there to like guide you through that and tell you what like what spot is next what you have to do next like going into a headlock or you know anything like that you have to think for yourself and that was like a big learning lesson for me because I knew I'm not gonna have like a trainer ringside but you know you can't have like a designated spot every time and just roll with it like you know you got to put yourself more into that match um the spots are just like suggestions it's just like it's 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 a way to practice and it's a way to learn but you don't want to make that part of your uh your your repertoire you know headlock you know like you know drop down leapfrog you know hit the ropes clothesline i mean it's like you know it'll look like something like i think we'd even watch matches where i was like that's a drill like what those two guys just did you know it's like they're just you know i mean if you get desperate and yeah you can run a quick spot like that but i mean you're but but he's right yeah that's just you gotta but that takes that takes time to find your spot but i mean it this this is the stuff i always enjoyed about training more than anything more than more than the physicality and the and and the spots and and the moves was the talks you know and learning you know the psychology behind it because that just fascinates me i just love i love wrestling um so you're doing what rolls running the ropes um so for when i like injured my elbow i wasn't using i don't want to say injured but when i hurt my elbow i um was only just doing what i could like they were so good about like just accommodating to me i'm not like you know they weren't forcing me to do anything that i wasn't comfortable doing especially with my elbow and um like for example when you're doing warm-ups like there is a warm-up that we do if you're like in the corner and then you're like doing high knees you do a backwards roll then frontward roll and then you jump on the ropes or whatever um instead of me doing that i just did high knees jump back forward roll because i can't really push up on this arm um like or extend it fully so like like one of that as an example they were like helping me accommodate i could still do class but it's not the same as everybody but i'm still doing it and so I think that's what that's great no that's great that they're able to modify it for you i mean and and anything anything is is better than nothing and sometimes breaking things down a little simpler like that's a good way to learn too so um, so do you do you want to be do you want to be a professional wrestler as your your career or as like a side thing as you have a different career I want it to be as my career. Like I am like, I'm going to college, but I, at the end of the day, like I want to be a professional wrestler as my career. Like I want to work as hard as I can to get there. Like I'm going four to five times a week now, um, even just during school work and everything like that, I figure out a way to get there. Yeah, and that's something, um... I was, I think I actually mentioned to John at one point, um, I was like, you know, when you, when you see somebody who like doesn't, who goes on the days that she doesn't have to go, you know, that's, that level of enthusiasm will take you exactly anywhere you want to go in this business. I mean, if you're, if you love it that much and you like being there and you look like you enjoy it and it's fun for you, there's no reason you won't make a career out of it. 
That's all you have to do. If, as long as you love it, it'll you'll find your way in it for sure. Mm -hmm. How long do you think, or, or like how long are the sessions on any given night? Is it like an hour? Um, so they're three hours long. Um, on Mondays and Tuesdays, or I'm sorry, on Mondays and Wednesdays, it's seven to 10. Bryce usually starts his classes around 7.30, so it's about two and a half, but sometimes we go over. So essentially three hours long is usually um, how long the classes are. So that would take a lot of uh, aerobic, a lot of conditioning, I would, I guess. And do you do, do I, I assume you do exercise other than that? Yes, I try to do it um, as often as I can consider. Like I'm in, I'm still in like high school and I have a job. So, um, and especially when I'm going to wrestling, you know, four to five times a week, I don't really have any time to do anything anymore. But well, that's, now, now that's the thing though, is that counts as your workout though. I mean, for real, I mean, like, it's like, you know, I mean, granted you're sitting right now, but I mean, when, when you're going, if you're going three, four days a week, you know, of, of, I mean, that's enough working out, trust me. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it doesn't stop people from, so I know, I know Bryce still goes to the gym and that guy's in the ring, you know, way more than he should be. Because <laughs> like, because when he's in there, he's in there for like almost the whole three hours because he's got to work with other, other people, you know, other people, you know, go in, do their spot, take a break, you know, Bryce has to go through it with every single person, you know. But anyway, um, didn't mean to you have any any idea? Uh, I know it's way way early, but like as you're as you're in class or driving home or whatever, do you ever like have any ideas of your character? Um, sometimes I do. Like I, I go going back to like the hardcore thing. I want to be like someone like completely different, and like I think that kind of goes for everybody. Everybody wants to be different, but. Um, like I want to do like inter intergender wrestling, like wrestling guys and everything like that and do hardcore stuff. But, you know, I, we even talked about this on Monday, like you think you have an idea, but in reality, that idea is not always going to come true because you're, you know, everybody has dreams and everything like that, but you, you know, you just want to take yourself, just apply it in the ring throughout time and then make that like your, like I, your wrestler or whatever, like, you know, 10 times, 100 times more than what you are in real life. And that's what Isaiah has told us, like, you know, that's, that's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. You know, if you ask most WWE wrestlers, I bet you like 95% of them, like whatever they thought they were going to be as a professional wrestler is not what they are. You know, I mean, like Xavier Woods didn't know, well, my thing's going to be <laughs> being part of the new day you know and you know it's like you don't you don't I mean there's few people who really end up you know in the gimmick that they think that they're going to be in you know like Kane didn't know that he was going to end up being a guy who you know wore a mask and came out to fire and stuff like that you know it's like he played a dentist before he was Kane you know so I mean it's like you don't know you don't know it just it'll find you on its own so the best thing you can do is just develop yourself and, and life will, life will help find a way. So. Is there anybody out there that you, you really, really love to wrestle? Oh, that's awesome. other than Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, My money's on her, by the way. Well, right um, now, so is mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's a hard question. I would probably say, 
I would like to wrestle Britt Baker. I she when I first saw her was like in person. I think was at All Out um, when they were in Chicago, and from then like I've slowly become like a bigger fan of hers and like the way that she wrestles and the way that she brings her like outside job into her wrestling life. Um, also, that kind of like you know ties back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, I would probably like to wrestle her the most as of now. Good choice. Oh, good answer. Um, and so your family's uh, supportive of this, huh? Yeah. So my, you know, my dad's like, you know, you go to college and if you can like, you know, do this, whatever. But my mom, on the other hand, was like super supportive of this. Like, you know, she's making sure that like, you know, this is what I want to do or whatever. And but yeah, she's always asking me like, you know, how was practice? Like, what did you guys learn? Like, I'm always excited to tell her because I know she's in because she's watched wrestling with me too like she's gone to like most of like most of the you know wwe events i've been to and everything like that so i mean it's really good that i have like you know my family is there to support me for something like that it is it's a it's an excellent thing and i'm very glad because like i said for having as much love and enthusiasm for it as you do it helps 10 times more to have a family that's on board with you and you know and backing you up so so what, like, what's the schedule long term? Like, when when would you actually be theoretically, you know, be in a match of any sort? Um. So at uh, at class we have this thing um, called Art of Wrestling, and that's where they put on practice matches, like be experienced, and um, we watch them, and then we kind of like critique the match or whatever. It's just like your regular five minute matches. Um, Bryce was telling us that if we keep going to class and everything and we would like keep learning how to do these spots and you know put that all together we could be in a like a five minute match like at the end of April which I wow but um you know if I was in a practice match he said that we could at least start working towards that you know this year um but ideally I think from what I, I've been told and everything, you're going to wait at least a year to, you know, get into like an indie like show or even freelance. They're doing student showcases, like um, putting on shows. And so they have your, like the students go with experienced wrestlers and they um, recently had a taping for that. So um, hopefully. That's a know. great idea, by the way. That's, yeah. a, that's a very cool thing that they're doing. Yeah, it like brings like it's awesome for like all the um, students in that class to have like an opportunity to do that. Um, I heard the show was great. I couldn't make it, but um, the taping comes out I think on April 9th. So um, you know, definitely give that a watch. But I heard it was a great show. Everybody loved it, and like I'm excited to see the people that I train with wrestle against these experienced people. So, and that's one of the cool things about being in a class too is you know you're you you form bonds with those those people and as you see them start getting bigger and start getting further into the business and, and doing well and stuff it's it's really neat for you to see that evolution and see how they're growing and it's neat for them to see the same for you too you know and that it that bonds you guys you know it's it's, it's a very cool thing you know yeah. and then even other people you'll meet in other promotions you know as time goes on and you see them get bigger and, and, and do bigger things it's it's very very cool it's very cool so has 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 being in the school and training has that changed your view of wrestling at all i was going to ask the same thing like when you watch but wrestling I first I, okay fine all right take it easy 
when you like so if you when you watch wrestling now does it look like look different to you at all um are you like seeing stuff and being like i that's a that's a forward role or that's you know i mean yeah sometimes like i think the when I was watching last week's show for AEW, I was like watching all their matches and everything. And I was just like, wow, like, you know, this, like, I learned that, like, I know how to do that. That's a little drill that we do in class. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it doesn't really take away from the fact that I still love it. And it, it like, you know, it doesn't take away from my enjoyment, but it's still like, I'm still sitting there and I'm like, wow, like, you know, this is like what it is. And this is what I do. And it's um, like putting everything together in the sense of like, you know, my class going into professional wrestling, um, mm-hmm. like and everything. Well, and all, and all those guys you're watching on AEW all did exactly what you're doing right now. They all had to go to class. Some of them had to sit out. You know, there's they, they all have been through that, 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 that whole system. And I think that you you once you are in there and you start doing some of these things and you start realizing how hard some of these things are to do or how taxing they can be on you, you get more of an appreciation for, you know, the guys who are really like, you know, running, you know, hitting those ropes hard, taking those big bumps, you know, because you know now firsthand what that's like to do that, you know, and what is that accurate? Yes, it's very accurate, especially with bumping. Like when I couldn't get bumping down the first time, like I said, that's when I hurt my elbow. And like seeing now in the matches, it's just like, you know, like this is how, this is how, like, like you said, physically taxing it is. And you're just like literally throwing yourself on the ground and your body doesn't want to do it. It's against your, like, your nature to like do that. But you have to not think about it and you just do it. And it's so much better than just trying to like plan out what you're doing instead of just, you know, just going right to it. And it will probably work out more like that than trying to like, oh, I have to pop out my hips and then throw myself back and everything like that. Just, you're going to be more afraid to do that than just actually just do the movement and do it. Yeah. Um, I always say if you want to see someone bump like perfectly, check out Dolph Ziggler. Watch when that guy bumps that guy snaps down and hits that mat and he can bounce right back up and he'll bump a lot too. And it's like, so when you watch a match, it's like, you know how much like one bump hurts and takes out of you. And then you see someone who's bumped like 30 times in a match, run the ropes, jumped up to the top rope, jumped off of that, pick somebody up, body slam them. I mean, it's a workout. A match is a workout. I mean, it is just a lot of, it can, you know, you get your rest holds in there and stuff like that, but depending on your wrestling style, I mean, you got to be in, in, in top shape, which is why I say, like, if you go, you know, to practice several times a week, you're getting you're getting a workout. You're gonna have to go through your warm up. You're gonna have to go through your drills, and then you might do a practice match at the end. That's that's a lot of work, you know. And how how sore are you after? Like, is it just a continual soreness every day after day after day? It definitely is. Um, it's mostly from running the ropes, too. Like, my back is killing me. Like, I just have a knot in the middle of my back from running the ropes. And, um, like, even Saturday when I was with Kylie, um, we were doing squats, which came into play when I was doing squats with Tommy. And I was like, wow, I haven't done squats in so long. And here I am. And I was, like, doing them, like, really easy. It was, like, minute squats for, like, three like three separate times. But, um, yeah, it's just... Um, totally lost my train of thought hold on <laughs> sorry soreness yeah, soreness. yeah. So, 
Um, but yeah, my legs are like killing me the next day. And it's just like, I don't miss it from my legs being sore from um, doing squats. But again, it's just like, I'm completely sore all the time. Like my back, I guess, like I said, is killing me. And um, you know, now my neck is starting to hurt from all the um, like neck exercises we will do because your neck is very important in wrestling. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just a complete constant time of like soreness, especially, you know, I'll probably be able to like not have that for about a month, but um, I kind of be like a relief, but it is what it is. And, you know, it's going it, to, it comes with the, it comes with that life. So the, the, the neck, the neck soreness will get better the stronger your neck gets. Right, so. Yeah as it, it's it's just right now you're using muscles in there that you don't ever you know put that sort of tax on so um in time i mean yeah you're gonna lose a little ground you know between now and when you can get back in the ring but once you get back on it you're doing it regularly it'll get it'll get better and you're skilled and and they're absolutely right your neck will save your life if, if you have a strong neck so well, all right. Uh, we just wanted to check in, and we wanted to introduce you to the world, and uh, we'd like to uh, check in once in a while and just kind of see how things are going and chart the uh, the progress of. Uh, yeah, I told Tommy I want to. I really like. We should follow your. Well, you know, without like being right over your shoulder, but we want to. We want to follow your your career all the way. Awesome. Because we we love your enthusiasm. I've seen your enthusiasm on on social media. I, I just get, you know, I, I heard stories from Tommy, the legendary stories of your hundred squats and all that. And then to see you on, on social media is really cool to, to see your enthusiasm. And we, we really want to follow you all the way. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, you got, what's today? Today's Thursday. You got practice tonight? I have, I have to go to work, unfortunately. So. Oh, well, that's okay. You gotta, you gotta make your living. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good night at work. Uh, we'll be in touch, and uh, just know we're all we're all cheering you on. All right. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Oh, no, all right. You. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. So there it is. That's uh, Cameron Rayfield. Uh, that was John. cool. It was very cool to meet her. I've been, uh, as you know, I've been bugging you for a long time. I really wanted to do this great great young lady um fantastic to finally talk to her um i i I said in the interview i love watching her on social media she's so excited she from what everything you've told me she's so dedicated i I can't wait to to follow her career yeah i mean i think you can you get a sense of her uh her enthusiasm you know and i like we've talked about before that to me is just her her best attribute above all else you know she loves it. She wants to learn it. She wants to live it, you know. And if you want it that bad, there's nothing that's going to stop you from, from getting to it. So, and if working out with you didn't dampen her spirit, nothing will. So, again, bullying.